Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighter's Fury. Inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. No SEMA, no Tommy Guns this week. But I do have some uh, I do have some predictions from them as we are a week out from the money fight. Mayweather, McGregor going down next Saturday at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Very, very exciting for fight fans. This is a real cross-blend. It's fun for, I think, especially people who enjoy both sports. It's, uh, you know, there's been this narrative of, you know, it's boxing versus MMA. There's, a, you know, you hear the things thrown around. It's a fraternity. You got to stick with your guy. Hey, you even had Nate Diaz sticking up for Conor McGregor this week. It's, it's uh, there's, a, there's a big separation in, in camps for both sides. But it is fun. It is great that this fight did come together fairly quickly. I, you know, all logic really panned out, I think, with making this thing happen. People saw the opportunity. There was a lot of money there, and it got done fairly quickly. And it is, I think, the good thing about that is, we talked a little bit about this last week, is I don't feel like we invested a lot of time into Mayweather versus McGregor. This isn't some ghost we've been chasing forever, like Mayweather versus Pacquiao. And I think a lot of people are going into this knowing what it is, that there's there's a freak element to this. There's some fun into this, and we've gotten some tremendous bleep talking. It's been very entertaining with both sides, and it's gotten dicey at points. It's been fun at points, and we've we've just we've. I I feel like the lead up to this has been well worth it. And whatever happens next Saturday, if it ends up being Conor McGregor shocking the world, which is, you know, I feel like it's highly unlikely that he's going to starch the best boxer of the last 15 years. But, you know, there's going to be a big contingent there that thinks he is going to do that. We've seen the odds shrink like crazy. The glove size has changed. People go with the old puncher's chance. If that were to happen, man, the the sporting world's going to turn upside down. It's going to be crazy. There's also the more likely scenario where Mayweather goes out there one more time and he does what he does to everybody who walks into that ring with him. And that is, he figures you out. Maybe he'll take a shot or two. But for the most part, he's going to figure this thing out. He's going to make you super uncomfortable. He's going to make you super frustrated. You know, you're going to feel like you're working harder than you ever did in any fight. And he's going to point his way to victory. It's probably the more likely scenario that's going to happen. But uh, I think the big what if, I think the the look of, the uh, the, the, the idea of, you know, Floyd Mayweather who you never thought you were going to see in a ring again, and you thought it was all going to end with a nonchalant fight against Andre Berto. He's getting one more fight. 
So you get to see one of the best ever go in there, do his thing again. You know, some people aren't huge fans of it, but it is still cool. You get to see a guy who has been dominant for many, many years in the sport of boxing go out there, do it one more time, and maybe do it to his biggest audience of all time. And you have a guy in Conor McGregor who had a skyrocket placed on his back and just took the UFC by storm, became the first guy to win two belts at once in the UFC, has crushed pay-per-view records for the UFC, and now he's going to go even further than that, and he's going to be fighting a boxer. His first professional boxing fight is going to be against one of the best boxers of all time. That's crazy. Just that in itself, the storyline in itself, the build to this, that's crazy. And it's, it's tremendous fun. And so I'm looking forward to everything that goes down this week. You know, Leroy and I are heading out on Tuesday to Las Vegas to, to cover the fight. And I'm, I'm really, really anticipating the atmosphere, what it's going to be like. And I guess what everybody's feeling is going to be like that week. This is, this has been wild and it's been, I don't know if people are sick of it. I don't know if, uh, if people are getting overkill with it, but I feel like every, every week, They've done such a masterful job of there being new wrinkles to this thing. Even the dumbest things ever have gotten such crazy amount of coverage. Conor McGregor versus Paulie Malignaggi. I mean, that that got, you know, 10 days of coverage of, you know, him leaving camp, uh, photos getting released, you know, the, the Malignaggi doing every tweet that he can about, ah, this was a pushdown, this was a knockdown, then Dana White releasing the footage. Then the next week we got the glove change. That was weeks after we had the press tour. You know, the press tour had controversy to it. It, it, You know, it had race baiting. Now Connor comes out and he says that Floyd is lying about what he's been saying. I mean, it's wild, man. This thing has the the media coverage of this and the different angles that this has had. um, It's 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 really like it's not like any fight we've we've seen in any recent history as far as this because. You know, if, if you think back, and a lot of this gets compared to, to Mayweather versus Pacquiao, it was just kind of weird. We were here at a Heat game. It was Heat versus Bucks. Those guys never talked to each other. They finally do. They finally say, hey, you want to make boatloads of cash? Yeah, let's finally do it. But, you know, it, it all kind of just had this, all right, it's finally happening. It didn't It didn't have this with this, with this confounded – you know, people talking. Is Connor gonna? Is Connor gonna go in there? And is he gonna break the law? Is he gonna go in there? Is he gonna kick Mayweather upside the head? Is is Mayweather actually gonna stop him? You know, that's been something that's fascinating. People think that Connor's gonna go in there, and is he going to gas out? Is he gonna get beaten to submission by Floyd Mayweather? Which I think is wild. I mean, you know, Floyd Mayweather's not a guy who knocks people out, and he hasn't really done it clean since 2009 when he not or 2007 when he knocked out Ricky Hatton you know he knocked out Victor Ortiz when Victor Ortiz wasn't looking and he was looking at the the other side and that was on Victor I'm not trying to say uh Mayweather cheated but he wasn't looking he wasn't he wasn't knocking out an aware opponent so you think about that and now people are going to say yeah he's going to go beat a guy who's going to probably outweigh him by 20 pounds he's going to beat him into submission um but if that does happen, it is interesting to know what's Connor's career going to be like. You know, people, I, I saw something interesting this week from Floyd. And Floyd was on a, a media conference call. And he said, 
um, that he believes that he is taking the bigger risk on his legacy. He says, quote, I truly believe that I'm taking the bigger risk, but it's a big reward for both of us. I'm taking the bigger risk. I have a 49-0 record. And when a fighter has lost before, if he loses again, they say, ah, it's nothing. He's lost before. But when a fighter that has been dominating for 20-some years has never lost, everything is on the line. My legacy, my boxing record, everything is on the line. And I think he is right that if he does lose, people are going to look at this and they're going to they're going to crush Floyd Mayweather's legacy. But... I think that if he does lose this fight, I think the bigger story is going to be McGregor winning than it is Floyd losing. I mean, to think that this guy is going to jump sports and then go knock somebody out who's never lost, I think people are going to be more in awe of what McGregor does than they are going to be crushing Floyd Mayweather. And of course, everyone's going to want to see that fight again. I mean, that's that's kind of why people think that you know Floyd's going to take a dive. I don't think that's going to happen. In fact, the story this week, the big story this week was the change in glove size. And the fascinating thing is, well, why would Floyd do that? If they had in the contract stipulation it was 10-ounce gloves and it couldn't be these certain materials, why did Floyd ever ask for it? Did he think it was going to happen? Was it a, a play that he, he bit too much off uh, too much off there and, and thought that, ah, no shot it ever happens, I'm just going to say things like when he said he's going to fight the next one in the cage with Connor? I do think this. Floyd's obviously about the money. And he's never been shy about that, and that's fine. But to think he cares nothing about his legacy, like he says there, to think he cares nothing about his undefeated record, that's silly. I mean, it it, it really has been. There's two things that have been Floyd's identity. He's undefeated, and he makes more money than anybody else has in the sport. You know, he's, he's the highest grossing boxer there ever was. So the idea that he cares nothing about the other half of what defines him is crazy. So, you have a lot of boxing people who have dismissed this. There's been a lot of rejection from the boxing community. Ah, what is, this is a sideshow. Floyd's going to be fighting a guy who's got no shot. He looks like an amateur in his workouts. This, this is nothing. So, one thing Floyd is probably looking for, I think, with this 8-ounce move is that he wants to put everything on Connor's side that he can. He's already up against it because he's fighting a sport. He's fighting a guy who's never fought in the sport. But if he can put it at Connor's weight, 154, 155, where he's current champ at UFC, Connor's going to balloon up. He's going to be a lot bigger than Floyd that night, maybe by 20 pounds. Then he says, all right, what else can we throw on, on Connor to give him a, 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 an, a, an appearing better shot? Shrink the glove size. Go down from 10 ounce to eight ounce and not only do that be the first fight uh that is at that uh, that is at that glove size at that weight class so you're not having a commission break their rules to make the fight happen and because of that people are going to launch more credit onto floyd's side even though he's fought the majority of his fights in these gloves he's giving an appeared edge to conor mcgregor that may not be there but when it all is said and done and people are going to say well did you really take a risk here? He's like, I took an unknown guy who has all this unorthodox style. He's a power puncher. And I gave him smaller gloves and I fought at his weight class. Those are going to be the things that Floyd's going to, in the end, throw on his side. When people are going to talk about 50 and 0 and passing Rocky Marciano. I think that's truly the motivation behind Floyd wanting to pull the trigger on making it 
smaller gloves. Um, I don't think it's going to make a tremendous difference as far as ending the fight, but I do think that Floyd making it seem like, yeah, I, I am going to give Connor every appeared edge, even though the eight ounce gloves, eight ounce, 10 ounce, Connor's either going to connect or he's not. And so I don't think Floyd looks at it as a huge advantage for Connor, but the appearance that it is, he's going to want that credit heaped upon him after this fight happens because to him, if this is a fight that is going to pass Mayweather versus Pacquiao box office wise, it's going to be a fight that people are going to talk about in his career for a long time. And so when people ask him about it, when he's in his hall of fame and he's, and he's getting inducted, or as he said in uh, all access, I'm going to be the only one with the statue outside the hall of fame. I thought that was a great line by Floyd. Um, He's going to want all the chips on his table as far as, arguing why this was such a dangerous fight. And I thought going into this that a lot of people would be, you know, looking at Floyd and, you know, poo-pooing who he's fighting here. And I think a lot of the media is, but I don't think a lot of the fans are. I think I think the fans are into this. I think there's a big what-if factor. And there there's one other thing here that it doesn't have that it, that it has that Mayweather Pacquiao did it. And that is the the state of his opponent. He is taking a guy who is at the peak of his sport and is taking it on at his supposed most dangerous time. He's got a guy riding high right now. And with Pacquiao, it just never felt that way, especially after the knockout loss to Marquez. And, and really, and Pacquiao's just demeanor in general of just, you know, losing that, killer instinct in the ring being a guy who would just go floor guys way bigger than him maybe a clean Pacquiao all those factors but it wasn't the same guy it wasn't the same fight we were hoping to get when the first when the buzz first happened this not only when the buzz first happened but when it really picked up steam you know Conor McGregor's never been bigger in mixed martial arts so from that standpoint um I think you do have to give Floyd credit that he has taken on a guy who is unknown um that does have an appearance of punching power. So there is risk there. You don't really know what he's going to bring to the table. And he has taken a guy on in, in the prime of his athletic career. So I think there are factors where you can give Floyd absolute credit for taking this fight. And let's be honest, if Floyd were to go in there and he were to fight a guy last night who dominated in Bud Crawford, or if he were to fight an Errol Spence, or if he were to fight a Keith Thurman, if he were to fight somebody in his weight class, a, a prime young guy in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the just absolute peak of his career right now, I don't know how many people are buying that fight. Floyd's return, maybe it'll do half a million just being against guy. Maybe it'll do over a million. But it ain't going to do five. And so I think that should tell you alone about how much people are into this fight and how many people want to see this fight and are curious to see what's going to happen. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Butters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you, taking you up until around 11 o'clock today. Got a lot to get to previewing the money fight. We'll continue with that, but I want to get, I got to give some time last night to Terrence Crawford. Holy hell, that win yesterday, that vicious body shot in the third round against Julius Ndongo to win all four belts at Junior Welterweight. Oh my God, that was vicious. I think he's the scariest fighter in boxing right now. I think his ability to just go hunt for the kill in the ring 
is 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 second to none currently in boxing. I don't know where you want to put him on pound for pound with Lomachenko and Andre Ward and Chocolatito, uh, Gennady Golovkin, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, Terrence Crawford last night, what a showing he put on. I thought it was great. Um, a lot of the times I think that, you know, they do this with Deontay a lot, Deontay Wilder, where they, they put him in Alabama and, and he, he sells out a small arena like at UAB and, I'm like, man, you know, you wish he was he was on a on, on at the fight capital world or a bigger stage. But they that was so cool yesterday what they did with Terrence Crawford at Nebraska. Comes in wearing the Cornhuskers jersey. It was it was wearing the 140 uh 140 jersey. It was it was super cool. They 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 he put on an, an awesome showing. I think these 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 cards they put on for ESPN have been great, man. Um between yeah, the controversy between Pacquiao and Horn, and they're gonna run it back and that probably wasn't their best broadcast, but it got a lot of viewership. Pacquiao's obviously a monster star. Uh, you know, Lomachenko's great showing last week or was it two weeks ago. He was great. And, and now Terrence Crawford. So all their stars that they've wanted to showcase have just put on a tremendous show. Now, you are going to see with this top rank scenario, you, wanna, you are going to want to see these guys start mixing promotions and making the big fights happen on ESPN. And Terrence Crawford yesterday with his win was outstanding. It was truly vicious. And I don't know how that's going to put, you know, a lot of the times these pound for pound lists, they're prisoner of the moment. So I don't know if he's going to take a huge jump or not, but he is by far uh, one of the bright stars in boxing right now. He is absolutely vicious. You know, he knows when he's got, when he's got, when he's got an opponent, just anywhere near the end, he will seek and destroy. And I love that mentality. I always do in fighters. And it's not to take anything away from Lomachenko, who's also brilliant in his own right with his uh, his masterful maneuvers in the ring. The dude never stops punching, and and that's great, you know. I, I but that's the Crawford's rugged style, his 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 pristine accuracy with with just damaging power is something I just always always enjoy in fighters. And he's 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 a fun watch right now. That was a great showing by him yesterday. Um, you know, a lot of people were were responding yesterday on social media. They want to see if they can finally get the Terrence Crawford Pacquiao matchup. Would that be good for Pacquiao? Could Pacquiao last? I never want to take any. I don't want to take too much credit away from Pacquiao. His demise is greatly overstated. But you got to remember where the rise was. The thing about Pacquiao is Pacquiao was what Terrence Crawford is. When Pacquiao had a guy and he smelt blood, uh, I mean, peak Pacquiao, 2007 to 2009, going bleeding into 2010, um, and even before that when he was in the lighter weight class, but I'm talking about his rise up into even the, 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 the junior welterweight ranks. He, when he smelt like he had an opponent hurt, or damaged, he pr- he pressed the gas, and the fact that you'd have Pacquiao, who said he would only fight Crawford for just a monster payday, and the fact that you would have him in that ring with that kind of an opponent who has the old mentality of Pacquiao, that's where I think it can get damaging. And so the idea of Pacquiao, and and they've already talked, they're going to do Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn as the rematch that negotiations in place, and Aram seems confident it's going to happen. I would like to see the matchup. I'm intrigued by seeing it because, I, you know, I don't I don't feel like I need to see Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn. 
We all saw what happened. Jeff Horn got a gift. He got the hometown bounce. Uh, Pacquiao had him. But Pacquiao, let's not forget, Pacquiao did have Jeff Horn badly hurt in that fight. Now, if Pacquiao had the intensity that and meanness that Terrence Crawford has right now, Jeff Horn's not making it past that next round. He doesn't, Pacquiao doesn't take that next round off and let Jeff Horn into that fight. But Terrence Crawford, whoo, going against Pacquiao, I think, we, I think, first of all, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But I would have to favor Terrence Crawford right now. I would. even Because I think even if Pacquiao were to put damage on Terrence Crawford, I don't know if he would. I don't know if he would step on the gas to finish that fight. I know he says he does before every fight. I know he says this is going to be where the knockout streak finally picks up again, and we don't see the Pacquiao cruising. But that's not who he is, man. I don't know. And again, I don't know if that's Pacquiao not on uh, on the on the D Gordon anymore. I don't know if that's Pacquiao finding God and he's super nice now. I don't know if that's just age. I don't know if that's injuries. I don't know what it is, but. The Pacquiao who just throttles people and bull rushes them and goes through them like like a like just just a buzzsaw through people, man. We don't see that anymore. And that's just what Terrence Crawford is doing every time he steps into the ring. With a purpose. Last night, a guy they're trying to claim as his piece of the title. That's what it felt like last night. He looked at Indongo and said, This guy, this guy's a joke. You're saying that this guy's got a piece of my title and butchered him. It was awesome. It was a really, really awesome showing by Terrence Crawford yesterday. Super, super impressive. So, I, I was, I was, I was very, very much impressed. And, and you know, guys saying this phantom body punch. I mean, Christ, man. I mean, may, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, you, what you're seeing there. He was, he was just really, really, really impressive. And where he'll land on the pound for pound, I bet you'll see. Like I'm looking at. ESPN's thought the latest rankings I got are June 22nd. Uh, they got Andre Ward, Gennady Golovkin, Roman Gonzalez, Vasily Machenko, Canelo Alvarez, Terrence Crawford, six, Pacquiao, seven. Uh, I mean, you'll see in this, you'll see probably like Terrence Crawford, third. But I will say this. See, the thing with the Gennady Golovkin, the reason I have trouble putting him so high is that if you are truly going off the last fight that he had where he fought Daniel Jacobs, I thought he lost that fight, you know? And if he won, it won by the slimmest of margins. Um, you know, Canelo's last win was over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. That was a joke of a fight. And Andre Ward, I'm good with having Andre Ward up there, especially the way he flipped on Kovalev. You know, a lot of people thought he lost the Kovalev fight, but the fact that he came back and won that fight and and put it to the point where he stopped Sergey Kovalev. Even if, you know there was some controversy around it, but I did you know being there live, you did feel like Andre Ward was turning that fight. So even if you would have given Sergey Kovalev an extra round, it felt like Kovalev was gassing. It felt like the the tide was really turning on that fight. Um, so the fact that Kovalev or that Ward took the first Kovalev fight and turned it into a point where. You know, whether you thought he won or thought he lost, he put no doubt in your mind the next fight. So I'm good with having Kovalev, uh, having Andre Ward rather, uh, atop the list. Gennady Golovkin being two? You know, I think that's just a product of him being undefeated, and I do feel like his win over Daniel Jacobs, it does stain it a little bit for me. 
um, with him being that high. And if he beats Canelo, like if he goes and he stops Canelo, okay, then we're talking. Then you're beating a top 10 pound-for-pound guy. And, you know, only Andre Ward's one of the guys on this list that has that to his resume currently. So there's that. And and Lomachenko has been brilliant. Um, you know, he may be get we may be getting this fight with Ringendow. Apparently that those negotiations are in place and that may put him higher up on this list too. But uh for sure the guys who have skyrocketed, Terrence Crawford, Vasil Lomachenko, uh great showings on ESPN. It's been a lot of fun watching those guys. By the way, I do recommend if you guys haven't seen this, I'll retweet this at Brendan underscore Tobin if you haven't seen it. Mike Alvarado with his sensational knockout yesterday uh was was really, really fun too. Um, so that was, that's what went down yesterday, man. Really, really great showing by Terrence Crawford, uh, on ESPN yesterday in Nebraska. That was, that was really cool. Speaking of boxing, I uh, do want to throw a shout out cause we had a lot of retirements last week. We, we lost, we had, uh, we lost, we, we had Klitschko retire, Tim Bradley retire, Juan Manuel Marquez retire. And this week, Sugar Shane Mosley officially retired. He said he had a, a botched elbow surgery, but I am happy to see that whatever it took, I'm glad to see that, that, that Shane's not fighting anymore. Um, you know, he's, he's put on Shane, Shane Mosley put on a lot of entertaining fights, really, really entertaining fights. And, you know, at, at a point in his career, I think got to a bit of the, the stopgap mode. Like when they couldn't get the fight you wanted, you fought sugar Shane Mosley. So it did get to a, a little bit of that point for him in his career, but even still super talented fighter. A lot of people thought he put uh, Floyd Mayweather in the most damage, uh, in the most danger than Floyd's ever been in his career. That of that infamous second round shot that that shook Floyd Mayweather, and people are going to wonder: Are we going to see that again this week when Connor takes on Floyd? And the thing that does have to be remembered about Floyd Mayweather, and I think it's one of the things that is underrated about him throughout his career is his toughness. I mean, the guy the guy, the guy, guy doesn't get put to the canvas. He has taken big shots before. He doesn't get hit a lot, but when he does, he, 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 he storms on. He doesn't, he doesn't put himself in that position again. He won't allow you to put him in that position to get hurt again. And whether you want to call it running, whether you want to call it great defense, um, I don't know. But he, he has taken big shots before, and he has weathered it, and he doesn't allow himself to be put in that position again. So... Um, that I think is one of the things where let's say Connor does hit him and does put him on the canvas. Does he put him in a place so badly where Floyd is absolutely flatlined? I mean, obviously Connor sp- speaks with great conviction and thinks he's going to, he's going to go out there and he's going to rattle his brain. You know, that's, that's, it's always a, a point away that pocket, uh, that, that McGregor has a putting it, but you know, he, he can't get on there and he can't continue those shots and he can't pounce them, pounce on them. And whew, to think that he's going to be able to flatline Floyd Mayweather or beat him into absolute submission, something we haven't seen before, telling you, like, if Connor is able to pull that off, you're going to be blown away with how highly you think of Connor McGregor. I don't think you're going to be looked at and, and, and saying, man, I can't believe. Floyd got beat by this chump. I think you're going to be thinking, wow, we are seeing some next level bleep here. You know, maybe there'll be some talk of Floyd being over the hill. Um, but when I see this fight, I, when, it, when it, whenever I, I'm thinking about how this fight's going to play out, 
and what's going to happen. I just have a, I have a hard time picturing Floyd Mayweather not getting off the canvas or a ref waving him off in front of his face. I have a hard time picturing that in my mind. Like it doesn't it doesn't compute for me. And I think a lot of the times maybe that's just because of the margin for error in mixed martial arts. Um, you can always picture oh, a fight's going to go this way, a fight's going to go that way. In boxing, it, it's a uh, it's sometimes harder. Like you you usually have a lot more conviction of. Uh, this is going to happen, and this is how it's going to play out. And a lot of times, you're you're going to be right. A lot of the times, you can get your predictions in boxing pretty spot on. Um, and I guess you're the you, listen. N- you can't say anybody's done it until they do it. So maybe that's the reason why we haven't seen Floyd in those really dangerous and vulnerable situations before. But thinking about this fight and thinking about Connor, as amazing as he is, and there's been plenty of times I've watched his fights and I've been blown away. I'm like, man, I didn't. Th- I didn't think he was going to do what he did to Eddie Alvarez. Um, and you thought after that, for like, I, I, I don't like the way this is going against Chad Mendez. S- nobody thought he was going to flatline Jose like he did. And even in the Nate Diaz fight, you know, coming back, you're like, man, he, he was, he was piecing up real, real good until he, he, he gassed out a little bit, put his guard down and, and, and Nate put it on him. But he did come back, fight at that weight. And, you know, there were those moments in that fight where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is starting to waver again. Even though he got the knockdowns on Nate and he beat up Nate's face pretty good, there were those moments where you're like, I don't think he's going to get through this. And this is going to kind of be the end of Conor McGregor. And he pushed forth, he got through it, um, and got, I think, obviously the most important win of his career where he avenged a very public a uh, very embarrassing loss to him because, you know, that was a, a guy in Nate Diaz where, yeah, it was on short notice, but it was Nate Diaz. Like, the point of Nate Diaz's career, let's not forget where it was. He was uh, a 500 fighter. He was coming off a, a good win against Michael Johnson, but it's uh, it's 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 not like he was in championship fights. And, you know, that, that loss to Connor, I think uh, that, that was a big sting for him. And the fact that he came back and and wanted on those same stipulations was huge. And I think a lot of people didn't think he was going to be able to pull that off, that they saw that that he was exposed. Uh, and the fact that he was able to come back and swing that fight the way, it's hard to win rematches. Because normally when you see what happened the first time, whatever the outstanding circumstances are, the weight, you know, now he's saying this week that he was taking a bunch of antibiotics. But for the most part, what happens, happens. Like John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. If those guys fight 10 times, I think John Jones is going to get his hand raised 10 times. Um, and sometimes it's usually worse, like it was for, for Daniel Cormier. Even though Daniel was having a good showing, you know, John's body and John's style was able to prevail in even bigger fashion. So, you know, for, for him to get that win over Nate the way he did, I think it did show a lot about Conor McGregor. He has dealt with a lot of doubt. But, all that, all, I think all the times you look at this matchup and you think Connor's going to win, in my mind, it's all kind of intangible stuff. You know, he has this great confidence in himself. He's younger. Uh, he's going to have, he's, 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 he's got, he's, he's, you know, doubted people, people have doubted him the whole time. And then you look at Floyd saying like, oh, well, maybe, 
the desire is not quite there. Maybe he's going to be out there partying. Maybe he's not getting through this camp the way he used to be. Maybe time is going to catch up with Floyd. Um, but stylistically, I think we've seen Floyd beat uh, a lot of guys who you felt like they had one weapon, and that's kind of what it feels for Connor. He's got one big weapon, and if you got one weapon against Floyd, it feels like he's going to have you figured out pretty quick. We'll get more into that fight, plus a lot of UFC fights announced this week, so we'll dive into some of those next. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Tobin here with you. Fighter's Fury rolls on. We'll get back into the money fight in just a second, but uh, I want to give some news and notes from the UFC because a lot of fights were announced this week. A lot of fun fights were announced this week. But there was one that was scrapped. Junior Dos Santos, he is out at UFC 215. He's been flagged by USADA for a diuretic. Um, He's come out in heavy denial that he's ever used PEDs. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't like to... I think it's happened too many times where we've pounced on guys for the whole PED thing. So I almost wish that the, the process would play out with these things before, you know... Obviously, you have to know if if Junior Dos Santos isn't going to fight, you're going to you're going to wonder why. But I do. I almost wish there was more privacy with these things because it's a, it is such a stain that people can go on with you, and it could be could be nothing. It could be it could be like uh, it could be like with uh, with John Jones using a erection pill, or it could be like you know Yoel, and it gets scrapped. I don't know. It's just. These things, it, it, I'm almost numb to US, USADA news anymore. But that is the thing. He is out at UFC 215. He was going to fight Francis Ngannou, which was a fun fight. You kind of want to see Francis Ngannou take that next step up. And that's a bummer that he's lost an opponent, especially in heavyweight. It's it's tough with the those matchups of getting somebody that will get you a big buzz win. I think him being a f- former champion and a guy in Ngannou who's a, a, a hot prospect that Dana White is is very keen on. The fact that he's not going to be able to fight now, that's kind of a bummer. He has called out Alistair Overeem in his place. That would also be a fun fight. So we'll see what happens with that with UFC 215, which is coming up in Edmonton. That'll have Amanda Nunes in it and Mighty Mouse in it. Uh, those are your two headlines. Amanda Nunes against Shevchenko. Hopefully that'll happen after the botch that happened in July. And then Mighty Mouse, he, they have not eradicated the flyweight division, so he'll get to fight Ray Borg. Uh, Dana White also announced this week, this was a bit of a, a surprising one, Tony Ferguson is fighting Kevin Lee for the interim lightweight title at UFC 216. And it's interesting for a couple reasons. One, it's interesting because a lot of people thought that it was going to be the Khabib fight, that it was going to be Tony versus Khabib, which I I really want to see that fight. Even with all the stuff that goes around Khabib, he's he's still a very, very intriguing, interesting fighter. Um, As far as his style, the way he goes and beats people, uh, his personality is fun, but the the issues with his weight cutting was uh, was was really scary. Where there's talks of his liver shutting down, um, and I can understand why the UFC doesn't exactly trust Khabib right now. And the other frustrating thing about Khabib is he doesn't fight that much, you know. So there were talks. I think this should put an end to all the talks of Connor's next fight is going to be against Khabib in Russia. You know that was the big bomb that Dana dropped is what is what is going to be Connor's return UFC fight and he's like oh he's going to go to Russia and fight Khabib I I don't know how we can all feel about that now where it's going to be Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee who are both really 
entertaining fighters and both really entertaining personalities. So it's cool that they're going to have their shine. The one thing with it, though, I got a hard time imagining that's going to be Connor's next fight is going to be against either one of these guys, especially Kevin Lee. You know, Kevin Lee, is, he's, he's really young. I guess there's a bit of a Mayweather tie because he was he's he's in Mayweather's camp, sort of. I don't think he ever ended up sparring with with Mayweather, but he's close with Mayweather. They're both from Michigan. Um, so I guess you could do some kind of tie-in if Kevin Lee ends up beating Tony Ferguson. I gotta you know, I don't have a great pulse on on who I think is gonna win that fight off the off the out, out of the gate right now. But to think that that Connor's gonna go from fighting Floyd Mayweather you know, to a, to a young buck like Kevin Lee, it's kind of, it would be very surprising to me. And, and the other thing is, what is Connor's next move going to be after this Mayweather fight? If he wins, if he, if he does pull off the upset and he beats Floyd Mayweather, the demand and how much it's going to cost the UFC to, to have him fight is going to be astronomical. If he loses, and especially if he loses in, in in embarrassing fashion, I think the UFC's options, I think, are a little bit more wide open. But if he does come back, if he is going to be at this kind of a level, maybe his next fight in the UFC is going to be a monster no matter what if he wins. But I, I still think with it being at a monster level, Connor's return to the octagon is still needs to be really really buzzworthy and so maybe one maybe tony and 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 kevin go and they have the fight of the year and so people will be buzzing and wanting to see their next fight no matter what but more likely is if you're gonna have a monster fight for connor to come back it'd be nate diaz three 155 for the strap but they're having the interim title thing so i don't know i and the other the other strange thing with it is you know this fight is pretty close to the end of the year and Connor says he's going to fight at the end of the year so why not just wait for this thing to play out the thing that's strange to me is they're having the Connor fight this week they announced it last week they announced Kevin Lee versus Tony Ferguson last week if Connor's next fight is going to be in an MMA and he's been pretty steadfast that it is why not just wait for the Mayweather thing to play out and then I think you'll have a better idea of his return so the timing of it's weird to me. It's almost like, yeah, you want to put some kind of gold on one of these guys. The other thing is this 216 is lacking a bit in having a main event. You know, they have a lot of their champions are kind of up in the air. Uh, John just fought. Um, Stipe, I think they're waiting for Kane to get healthy. Um, then you think about Michael Bisbing and, and GSP are 217. That's tied up. They announced this week Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw is going to be on that card, so that's another belt that's tied up. Uh, you got two belts that are going to be decided upon at UFC 215. Um, they may be putting Cyborg on, on the 217 card as well. There's another belt that's tied up. So it may just be a lack of options. They don't really have anything to go with. And they they want championship fights to be headlined. Headlining and, and on pay-per-views, they are usually championship fights. So... I guess that's probably it's just a short-sighted thing. And I also think the outrage for interim titles has kind of waned on people. They're just like, all right, interim title, no big deal. It's not it's not as big a deal anymore. I do still wish they would change the color of it, though. Just make it silver. Be cool. It's still a cool thing. You win an interim title, but it's not doesn't look the same. I think it's weird that the I think it's weird the interim title looks exactly the same as the regular title. Just change the color. That's it. 
Just be like like uh like in, in WWE. They got a title that's uh they got they got one title that's red, which is kind of weird, but it's red, and then they got ones that are bronze. Just make it a different color. It'd be cool. It'd be like, all right, and, and, and look weird with your connection. Because like imagine if you won the interim title and you won the regular title. Like Connor. Connor won the interim 145 title. And like you're walking the hallways and you're like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's my interim title. Well, what's that one? Oh, that's the real title. It look the same. They're the same. So I think it should I or, or or maybe engrave an I next to the UFC. I don't know. I just think it should look different. If you're gonna do it this much. Like for for the WBC, when the WBC and, and you're going to get a fight for the WBC title, and you're like the establishment, they like give you a medal. It's kind of cool. You get a you get a medal, and it says WBC, and it kind of looks like the belt, but it's not a belt. But it's still a cool keepsake. I think that's what they should do. That's my only gripe now with interim titles. They just shouldn't look exactly the same. So, I don't know. Um... Other fights that were announced, Fabricio Verdum is going to be fighting Derek Lewis on that same card. That's a cool fight. I'm into that. Derek Lewis is uh, is awesome. I love that guy as a personality. And also, he's uh, he's, he's uh, very dangerous. And, you know, Verdum's got knocked out recently. He got knocked out by Stipe. So, I certainly think he's got a shot there. So, that's an interesting one. And I love this fight. Jorge Masvidal against Wonderboy Thompson has been added to the 217 stack it up. It's It's... It's a monster. Even if they don't add Cyborg to it, Cyborg Holly Holm to it, uh, the fact that you got GSP versus Michael Bisbing, Cody Garbrandt against TJ Dillashaw, and now Jorge Masvidal, Wonderboy Thompson, that's a monster, monster card. The interesting thing about that is, I think if Jorge Masvidal wins, I think he's going to be in line to fight um, Woodley for the title. Because I don't think Woodley's going to fight Robbie. I, I, I think if he had his whereabouts right now, you know, I think if if he has to fight somebody in his division, Masvidal was on a good roll there, got the big win over Cowboy. Um, his fight against Mas- his fight against Damian Maya, I thought was a great fight by him. He he showed great great defense of Damian Maya. He did end up in that position every single round, which was frustrating. But I thought I thought he fought a good fight, so I I don't think he should be knocked down very far. Like that that winner that fight was going to be the number one contender. I don't think he should be knocked down a huge level. Because he didn't pull off the judge, uh, pull off the job in judge's eyes. So if he wins this fight against Wonder Boy, I think it should put him in line for the number one contendership. I think that'll make it an easy decision. Now, the fact that we're at a point with Tyron where he's beaten Wonder Boy really once because one was a draw, but in his mind he's beaten him twice, and both fights kind of they weren't they weren't the greatest fights in the world. There were some very very exciting moments, but they weren't the best fights in the world. And Robbie Lawler, a guy he flatlined. Um, those are, I think, those are tough sells as a champion because they are both dangerous fighters. But you have beaten them both, and I am curious to see how uh, how Tyron would would handle if one of those guys were to come out of the top. Which one would he go with? Which path would he go down? Um, because of the criticism he also took from Dana White, I can't imagine Dana's going to be dealing with a lot of uh, drama from Tyron uh, if if Tyron complains about who he goes with. But he's also got time because his, his shoulders messed up from that Damian Maya fight. And, you know, that is one thing that is always lost with the criticism of that fight, especially Dana. He just came out so hard on him. When really what it should have been is, listen, I put my foot in my mouth and I said that Tyron was going to fight GSP when I never really meant it and I needed an excuse. So I made it seem like I, sh- I, I stripped him. Whatever, you know, like 
Because what we really know happened behind closed doors was GSP saying, hey, man, I want to fight Michael Bisbeing. And so Tyron was kind of a, a, a media victim there. And so I wonder what, that, what that'll shake out. But I think if Masvidal beats Wonderboy, he's going to get that title shot. And that'll be fun. Masvidal's, Masvidal getting a title shot would be cool in the UFC. And he's also, uh, he's also very charismatic. I think, that'd be a, I think those guys would really throw down, too. I think that'd make for an exciting fight. I don't think uh, you'd have this situation of Tyron where he's worried about defending a certain style. I think you're fighting a well-rounded guy who will throw down and would make for a fun title fight. And so, yeah, that was your that was your your rundown of UFC. There's also not too locally. Uh, Tiago Alves has started coaching at American Top Team. He told that to MMAfighting.com. So, if uh, you were wondering where the Pitbull's career is at right now, he is he is uh, now now training at the 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 camp where he is an OG. So that's pretty cool too. All right, so I will uh will leave you with this. We will get down to some predictions for the fight. Here's what the current odds are for it. According to oddshark.com, Floyd is a minus 450 to win. Connor is plus 325. Floyd is minus 150 to win by KO or TKO. Connor is plus 375. To win by decision, Floyd is plus 230. Connor is plus 1600. And to win in the first round, plus 1600 for both guys. So I will give you, I will pass along this because they're not here, but I want to, uh, but they let me know. SEMA. He is going with a Connor fourth round TKO. So he's taking Mystic Max prediction and he's going with it. Tommy Guns, she is taking the plus 1600 number and she is going Connor by decision. I was quite floored when I saw this because I think no way in hell Connor could win a decision. However, I will give Tommy Guns this. If you want to talk about Mystic Mac, we got we got we we got Mystic Tommy Guns. She can come up with some wild scenarios and they play out the way we never thought they would and i'll tell you the one that that will uh, will that has blown me away more than any and i'll, I'll play this on another show because we got to wrap things up but her prediction of holly holmes win over ronda rousey was eerily accurate and i thought no shot in hell holly holm was ever going to beat ronda rousey because holly holm up to that point had had a very unimpressive ufc career but Tommy's prediction of Holly Holmes' win over Ronda was scary accurate. And it was the, the biggest UFC upde- upset in championship history. So there is that. Take that with you with, with, uh, with Tommy Guns. I am not in their camp. I don't think Conor McGregor is going to pull off this win. But I do think Conor is going to have one of those whoa moments in this fight. I do think that he's going to put Floyd... I think Floyd is going to touch the canvas in this fight. I think it's going to be quick. I think he's going to catch him with something sneaky. Maybe it's even dirty. I don't know. But I think I think Connor is going to be awarded a knockdown in this fight. He's going to be the first guy to put Floyd on the canvas. But I think it's going to be brief. I think Floyd's going to weather that. I think he's going to store it in the bank. And I think he's going to storm on. And I think he's going to get this victory. I think it's going to be something like an, like an 8-4 if we're going to talk rounds. I think that's how it'll work. I think, I think the judges... I think there's going to be rounds where the judges are impressed with Connor and they'll they'll score him ways because they didn't think he was going to even be in the realm. But I think Floyd's going to come away, be 50-0, and it's going to be great fun. I can't wait to be out in Vegas this week. We'll have a lot of coverage for you guys, and it should be fun. should be fun. Everybody enjoy the fights and the coverage this week. We'll talk to you next week.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.